0: week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good evening, Lake Church and friends and family. Amen. One of the greatest things we get to do here through our trained ministers network is we get to ordain and set apart ministry gifts that already have the hand of the Lord on them amen our hands mean nothing if the hand of the Lord is not on the ministry amen and so we are excited to be able to ordain and to bring into the ministry uh, Letha Sutter Pastor Letha Sutter and I'm going to have Steve and and Letha come on up here and uh, these are wonderful wonderful people And, uh, pardon? Okay, what is it? Okay, all right. They pastor, now he's telling me the name because I forgot the name. It's kind of like, I feel like a rock star saying, thank you Cleveland and I'm in Oakland. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they pastor Waymaker Ministries in Grove, Bernice, Oklahoma. Okay, I got it right. I should have wrote it down. But these are tremendous people. God has opened the door and given them a church building free of charge. They just gave it to them. Amen. Beautiful lake property there around them. Beautiful community. And, um, you know, they have pastored off and on for many years helped with various ministries and they're tremendous people and uh, we want to set them apart or set we set uh steve apart last year i believe at uh, at this same conference and now we're setting uh letha apart who has already been set apart from the lord so all we're doing is we're adding our yes and amen to what god has already done amen and so as uh, Pastor Kenny is up here with me and uh, we are here to charge you with the same charge that many out here were charged with it is the charge that comes from 2nd Timothy chapter 4 and he says I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. One thing I tell every minister that we have the privilege to be able to lay hands on is that majority of your job is corrective. That puts you at odds with people. It puts you at odds with the kingdom of darkness and it certainly puts you at odds with culture. But know this, the charge is still the same. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming, and I have to put and is now, it is now here, when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Sometimes I have to say that four or five times, but I know you've been in the ministry long enough to understand that. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to have the elders, if they would come and and just uh, surround and the the ministry uh, gifts of the church, come and surround this couple. So right now we just, because the hand of the Lord is already upon our sister, we just say yes and amen. And we lay hands on her freely as we've received. We freely give. Impartation. Impartation of the Spirit. And we just set her apart publicly for what she has been doing privately for so many years. And we acknowledge the gift of God that's on the inside of her. And we release her now to this season of ministry. She's been in ministry many years, but this season of ministry. And we just thank you that she is thoroughly equipped
1: and able
0: and well fortified to be able to stand in the office that you have placed her father and we thank you for it in Jesus name thank you. Amen Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory Hallelujah Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Hallelujah Praise God Hallelujah Amen Well let's give the Lord a shout of praise Hallelujah Praise the Lord. It is my great honor to introduce my brother. I'm the younger powers brother is what I am. And the best looking one. (laughs) Amen. You know it to be true. This man has been a part of my life since 1994, I believe. Ninety-four. He walked into my life and uh, was a tremendous blessing to Pastor David and to Pastor Sharon and the church at Word of Life and partnered with them for many years. And uh, the Lord continues that partnership and has always continued. You see, the one thing that I enjoy about this Arise Conference is that um, my father, his fruits in these seats that blesses me that blesses me that blesses me because I see it all over and we give him honor and through that relationship you know the uh, half of the I, I would have to say and I'm just getting sentimental here all right Eighty percent of the people that sit in this seat, I wouldn't know if it wasn't for Pastor David Emi. Now that's impact. That's a, that's a race well run. Amen? And may we strive to finish as good. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God, because the fruit's there. I said the fruit's there. Amen? And this man is a product of that ministry. And I'm so grateful to be in partnership with him. We are like family. And I want to give him time to be able to do what the Lord has asked him to do. So let's give a warm welcome to my brother, Pastor Kenny Powers.
1: Man, you just, you're just messing me up. (laughs) Well, as long as I preach nowadays, we ain't got time for that, so. (laughs) I'm honored. And, uh, uh, I have to say that, uh, to be in this company and uh, to be hooked up with this group of people um, is just just amazing. Uh, I honor the men of the house, the leadership of the house, that uh, work with Pastor and flow with him, hold his hands up, and uh, man, you guys are valuable to me. You've been a blessing to me, and uh, I want to honor all of you. Not just the men, but, the, but the, all the leadership here. So when I say men, ladies, you're included too. You're, you're, you're part of that because uh, they can't function. And, and, and I have to say I'm honored to be numbered among uh, the gentlemen that, that have ministered this week. Uh, uh, it's just uh, an honor to be in their company. And uh, all of them have been friends to me. Uh, they've been a blessing to my life. Uh, I'm thankful for my relationship with Pastor Greg and and uh, the fruit that it's yielded. And so, uh, guys, just uh, just pray for me tonight because uh, y'all just knocked it out of the park. And and I know uh, my brother, you're going to bring it tomorrow morning. I know. I'm looking forward to that. I've been blessed by everybody, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well as you, brother. And uh, I know you're going to you're going to wrap this up. And so uh, as uh, Pastor Jason said this morning, thank you for letting me go after you. (laughs) No pressure here. Okay. And so I'm going to endeavor to do in the time that I have what the Lord has given me to do. And I just want to give you a greeting that I would give a three-headed Englishman. All right. So you ever meet a three-headed Englishman? Now you know. Hello, hello, hello. So, so, that greeting. I'm trying to keep up with you, brother Jason. He was so funny this morning. I about I about fell out. And I, so. guys, I don't have a message tonight. I believe I have a word. I may know that a word is better than a message. And it's important that we have a word in this season. It's important that we are hearing from God in this season. And I know that things have been said about COVID. I don't want to go down that road. But early on, (laughs) and here I go, early on, (laughs) uh, when things started to roll out, the Lord had me get online. Uh, Thank God for for Facebook Live. Um, That's pretty much uh, what we had until... Uh, Pastor Greg helped us go online at the church, but I got on I, when the announcement came out. I just felt like I had to. I had to be proactive because they're. Oh, this is going to be bad, and oh, people are going to die, and this is going to be awful, and yada yada yada. And uh, I made the statement coming into 2020 that 2020 was going to be a year of vision. I didn't realize that it was going to be, you know, I said vision and focus. I didn't realize that the vision was going to be on God and the focus was going to be on God. Right? Right? I thought vision and focus for ministry. And we're going to see clearly what, and we're going to see like we've never seen before. But no, we had to focus on God, didn't we? Because we walked through something we'd never been through before. We didn't have anybody. I couldn't call Pastor Greg and go, hey, what do I do? He's like, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure it out too. (laughs) my best pastor, Greg's impersonation. I'm trying to figure it out too. So So, I hope I got that good. But anyway, he'll forgive me later because I'm his brother, his elder brother. So, but anyway, uh, I came out of the box and I grabbed Psalm 91 and I said, folks, This is where we need to take our stand. The secret place is not a secret. We know that. We know that it was speaking of Jesus, he that dwells in the secret place. We know it was talking of Jesus. And they didn't have that then when the psalm was written. So we know that it was a prophetic word coming forward. But it's still just as true. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, he that dwells in Jesus, abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He'll say, the Lord is my refuge in my fortress my God in whom I'll trust and then he'll deliver me and boom 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 down the line and with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation why because I put I I love I put my love on him right and so man I came out of there with a message and what did I get attacked oh my god you're being so you know you're going to lead people to die you know well that didn't happen uh, nobody died. Matter of fact, we created an umbrella over our house, an umbrella of faith that says, no, we're not participating. We're not participating in this. And you have to understand when I say I'm not participating, this is not even my message, which my congregation knows that's absolutely how this happens. When you, you have to understand when I say I'm not participating... It's because a long time ago, when I was a young man, I got a motorcycle. Okay, I was about 20, 19, 20 years old, and I brought it over to show my grandma. Now, I hadn't hooked up with faith or anything like that, so I didn't know much. I was in a, in a, in, in a charismatic Pentecostal church. Pente- you came out of the Pentecostal Church of God. We were very charismatic, very affluent in the, the manifestation of the Spirit. As a matter of fact, you know my brother and how he flows that is exactly how our pastor flowed. He, he, the anointing that was on our pastor dropped over onto to my brother. And, and so he flows just like him with that kind of anointing. And we saw miracles and signs and wonders in that church, but not a lot of teaching. Okay. But I'm showing grandma my new motorcycle. And I said, what do you think grandma? She said, this old woman of faith and power. She said, son, you're going to kill yourself on that thing. I don't know why I did it, because I had no teaching. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, I'm not going to die in a motorcycle wreck. And then I just started going down the line. I'm not going to die with cancer. I'm not going to die with this. Everything I could think of, I'm not going to die by an accident. I'm going to live and fulfill God's purpose in my life. I'm going to the end, and then I'll go home when I'm ready. Now, I didn't yell at my grandma. You have to understand I was more respectful. I said, no, grandma, (laughs) right? So you have to understand this was on the inside, right? You don't disrespect grandma like that. So this is on the inside. It's like, no, I'm not going to die on this grandma. I'm going to live. I'm going to, you know, and so that set off something in me that I decided I wasn't going to participate in certain things. So when, when I, you know, somewhere along the line after uh, I learned, started learning faith and got under Brother Hagen's teachings revolutionized my life and, and uh, made me look at the Word of God differently than I ever had before, uh, I, I, just started, I just started seeing things and I'm like, no, I'm not participating in that. And so, you know, it's cold and flu season, not for me. I'm not participating. As long as we've been married, how many times have you seen me sick, babe? Three or four times, that was early on when I was young and dumb, right? So, I was smart enough to marry her. By the way, this is my beautiful wife, Lori, right here. I was going to introduce her. Stand up. I want everybody to see how pretty you are. Amen. Of course, you met Candace and, and Jenna and uh, Andrea, and then Abigail went home. So, I've got four daughters two granddaughters, and one son-in-law. Lord, help me with some men in my life. I just, you know, and and you know what Candace and DJ said? We're done. I'm like, wait, wait, you can still give me a boy? Anyway, all right. Let me try to get my message. So I decided that I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to participate. And so I decided, well, COVID comes along, I'm not participating. Well, how can you say that? Well, either I have faith in God and, and the God who has kept me from, I've never had, since, since I was a kid, I haven't had a flu vaccination, but I've, I haven't had the flu in so many years. I can't remember when the last time was, and I haven't thrown up in so many years that I'm glad I didn't practice that anymore. You know what I'm saying, I think the last time I threw up was when I was getting drunk back before I got saved. I think that's the last time i 'm telling you, I got hold of something, and god and God and, and, and it it drives me when it comes to the things we're going on now i'm going somewhere with this, and this is going to push right into what i 'm trying to say tonight. You see, I believe that it's time for us as a church to level up that 's my message tonight we, we we need it's time to level up okay and 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 I believe that we have uh we have been so entangled in the things of this world and in life and, in, and even in trying to do church, okay? I'm not even going to say ministry because I got something for you on that tonight, but in trying to do church, okay, that, that we've lost our influence that we need to have because our focus has been on the wrong things. Okay, so it's time the church leveled up. We, we, they've said it all week long. We should have been a voice. The the people should be looking to us and there's still time. I said, there's still time for people to begin to look to the church for answers, but they've got to, they're not going to look to a church that looks just like every other religion out there. They're not going to look to a church that has no mess that, that has a message, but no power. They're not going to come to a congregation, you understand, just to see miracles happen. They're not going to come. You're not going to get them. I don't care. I don't care how many outreaches and how many community things we do. They're not going to come for that. Now, I'm not coming against, but Pastor knows. I, but listen, I understand Pastor's heart. Pastor's heart is to raise up people, not a church. Ministry. You understand, the ministry is the result of the people, not the people the ministry. I don't have a message. I want to talk to ministers tonight. So if you're not a minister, you need to leave. (laughs) But don't leave, if honestly, because. Every one of you is a minister, and every one of you is called to the ministry. Okay? Before, by the time you leave tonight, I want to see you see yourself differently. Sunday, Pastor Chad got you seeing that there's something inside of you to take care of you. I want you to see that there's something inside of you to help the world. Amen. Amen. That's good. Thank you, sister. Amen. I know I got one over here. I can, I'm gonna look to you all night. <laughs> so back in November, I, I got this sense of urgency that that you know we're we're on a time schedule. We're t- the clock is ticking. Time is ticking down. Now, I, I'm not very good with prophecy. Uh, you know, uh, end times is not my subject, so I stay off of it because I, I know enough to mess you up. <laughs> okay? All right? I know enough to mess you up. All right? So I'm not, I'm not going to Pastor Greg you tonight with the Leviathan means this and this. And that. I, I, th- listen, I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab onto it. I'm going to, what books are you reading? I need to... <laughs> I'm going to catch up. I'm going to get there, but that's not my, my style. Okay, you're, you're, you're at uh, Cracker Barrel tonight, okay? I got some good old chicken fried steak and mashed potatoes for you. But I got some revelation for you, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about leveling up. So when we think about leveling up, what's, what's one of the first things we think about? Mario. Mario, Mario right? Because Mario levels up, right? So think about Mario. Think about Christians being Mario. Okay, so when you start out in Mario, it's dun, 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 da 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 I found something. Oh, I better jump on that. Ooh, that could kill me. And then every once in a while you miss it and you go, ooh, right? <laughs> But Mario, he's just like, doo, 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 you know, a little faster, or, whoa, 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 you know. <laughs> right? But then, you know, Mario, he's finding stuff. Ooh, ee, ooh, ee, ooh, ee, you know, he's finding stuff. Ding, ding, ding. The points are racking up and everything's going good. Mario's going on. And all of a sudden, he hits something. And this star comes out. Ooh, and he goes, oh, I think I'll eat that. <clears throat> and then he goes, you know. Right, I mean, he takes off and it's like nothing can stop me now. I'm gonna go, jump up, get it. And then all of a sudden, you hear this, and then he's like, and he's like, I mean, he goes back to a dud. God wants you to level up. He wants you to live in the. He doesn't want you to live in the. Oh my God, there's a devil there. He wants you to be the devil the devil) But the church is like, "Oh, I better stomp on that." <laughs> <laughs> right? Because they're <they'reidersarah Guinness> Are you with me? Yeah. Why? Because we don't see ourselves right. We don't see ourselves right. Listen, God started me on a path. Now I got to catch my breath. (laughs) Somebody get me a star. (laughs) He eats that star. He gets all intense. The music changes, it gets intense to say, hey, something's happening here. We are in a different realm. We are on a different level. We're touching a different thing here and there ain't a thing that can stop us. Right? Did you know that like Mario and Star Power, you're supposed to be invincible? All the time? 24-7? 365? Did you know that? You are. You are. You're supposed to be just like him but somehow we let the power we're off. Somehow we go back to life and all of a sudden the energy and the strength we have is gone and we're needing another star. The problem is we don't realize that we have the star living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit that declares greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And somehow, you know, and I, I, I like 80s Christian rock, man. My wife is having to endure, but she's from the 80s, so anyway. So, uh, she knows all that, you know. I, she was born, <laughs> well, no, no, no. She's born in the 70s, so hang on there. I was just born in the 60s. That's the problem, so. Right? Nonetheless. You're trying to get me started here, Pastor Greg. Stay with the word, brother. Stay with the word. Thank you, Woody. I have been I have been just inundating her with 80s Christian Rock. And you know, in 80s Christian Rock, there's just a song for everything. I mean, and I mean, shoot, man. Arise, I've been listening to Mylin, you know. And I'm I mean, just like, crank it up, turn on the holy flame, come on and crank it up. Whoa. I'm not doing too good right now. When I need it the most, you crank it up. <laughs> crank it up. Right? I'm telling you. And so this week, man, I'm cranking it up. Whoa. Right? And then then they'll end up throwing the old color song on me, you know, Petra. Red is the color of the morning. So, you know. All right. So, anyway, let me get to my message. God had really impressed upon me the need to get the body of Christ mobilized and get them to see who they are and to get their eyes focused on the right thing, okay? So, go with me to Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, but we're not really going to spend much time here because I'm trying to set you up to get you leveled up, okay? I'm trying to set you up to get you leveled up, okay? Now, I know there's been tons and tons and tons of messages preached on this chapter, and I know you've heard this time and again, but I think maybe I'm going to show you something maybe you hadn't thought about or in a way that you hadn't thought about it before. How many know that um, there's not just way, one way to go up Pikes Peak There's actually at least four ways. There's the north, there's the south, there's the east and the west, right? Now, I'm only using four ways. I know there's much more. You can go northeast and southwest, and you can go all that. We're not going that, but we're just going to take the four ways. Now, if I come up the north side and get to the top, I'm going to have a view, right? Now, if I come up to the south side and I turn around, or if I go up the south side, I'm going to have a different view. Now, East and West is going to do the same thing. There's going to be four different views. Which one's right? It depends on which side of the mountain you're standing on. And how many know you're going to have to stand on different sides of the mountain? How many know that the Word of God has height, breadth, depth, and width to it? It's not just, mono, it's not, it's not just you know, one thing. It's not one-dimensional. It's many-dimensional. It's deeper than we think. So look at this. I, therefore... The prisoner, a prisoner for the Lord, verse one, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, which you have been called. Who's he talking to? He's talking to believers, right? So he's not talking to the five fold ministry, is he? So guess what? Every one of us is supposed to walk a certain way in life. Now this is important because at the end of the night, you'll never level up if you don't pay attention to this scripture. Are you with me? If you don't walk worthy of the calling to which you've been called, you will never walk in what God, you'll never walk in the power, you'll never walk in the anointing, you'll never walk in the fullness, you'll never change lives. We've got a gospel where people want to have it their way. And and they've taken, and I'm sorry, I, I am a grace guy. Okay, I am a grace guy. To me grace is not just unmerited favor, which a lot of people love that definition because I've got favor and it, I don't earn anything and, and it, we don't understand that. I'm not saying that. We don't earn a thing, okay? But for me grace is much different. For me the definition of grace is God's ability to produce results in my inability to produce results. So, for by God's ability to produce results in my inability to produce results, I am saved, not of myself, not of works, so they may boast, right? I'm saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So I'm not boasting, but I know God's ability has come on me in the form of grace to make the difference, to transition me, not just favor, power, ability, anointing. Life has come on me to take me out of one place and put me over into another place. So when when Paul's saying, God, do something about this 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 buffeting I'm receiving, do something about this this heaviness on me, God said, My grace is sufficient. What's he telling him? He's telling him, Everything you need is already on you, Paul. I'm not doing a thing. You already got it. My grace is sufficient. I've already put my grace on you for this situation. It's sufficient. My ability to produce results and your inability to produce results is sufficient. Let me tell you how I learned this. I had a chewing tobacco problem back when I was a... Man, I've got one scripture, Pastor Greg, and I've got seven pages of notes. This is not good. Back when I was a young man... Uh, I, I, I uh, got saved, got rid of my drugs, got rid of my alcohol. I mean, it was, when I got saved, to get saved, you couldn't do that stuff no more. You couldn't sleep around, couldn't live with somebody. Couldn't go get drunk, couldn't go to the clubs. Matter of fact, they were a little stricter back then. We were burning our rock records. I, I can't tell you how many dollars worth of Beatles stuff I... I <laughs> Why? Because backward masking—it's evil, you know. Burn it up. Okay, so that was then, right? But I mean, I—I I lit up my whole album collection, man. Watched it burn, and you know, listened for them demons to scream as they were. <laughs> Some of the stuff we did, you know, bless our hearts, were right, but we just didn't have nothing, no knowledge. But anyway, so when I got saved, you weren't allowed to. I mean, if you you had to make a decision. You literally had to say, if I, and you knew it as an unbeliever. You knew as an unbeliever, if I'm going to go with Christ, I cannot have these things in my life. Yeah. And everything that was in the area of black, you cannot do this. It was black and white. You can't do this and be a Christian. Yeah. Everything that was there, you knew you're sacrificing that the moment you go down there. You knew you're putting that on the altar. Now, I'm not... I'm, I don't want to open a big can of worms. But I believe it helped me because when I went down there, Brother Daniel, I I knew I couldn't keep those things in my life anymore. I knew I had to give them up. So I literally laid them at the cross. When I got up, guess what I didn't do anymore? I didn't cuss anymore. I never had another beer after that. I quit messing with girls like I used to. Hello? Hello? I had a girl friend say to me, I'm surprised you haven't tried anything. I'm not saying I do, but I'm not saying I don't. And I'm saying, well, I'm saying I don't. I don't wanna get hit with lightning. You don't do that to God's girls. I know it sounds stupid to you, but I'm telling you, it was like, this is no, no. You don't do it. The Bible says don't do it, you don't do it. Are you with me? And so I walked away from that stuff and and I never was tempted. I went to work on Monday morning after getting saved on Sunday night, and on Monday morning, I got hurt at work, blood flowing out of my hand, and I became Gomer Pyle. Anybody know who Gomer Pyle is? Yeah. Older folks, younger folks are going, who's Gomer Pyle? Just look, at, just look at that retro TV they put on, you know, what is that, you know, right? Gomer's on there, and, and I cut my hand, and it's hurt, and it's I went, golly, and then I got happy. You know why I got happy because that Friday, if it would have happened, there would have been every anything but that coming out of my mouth and i'd have been I'd have been cussing the guy that caused it to happen. Are you with me? but it wasn't in me anymore. why? Because I couldn't be a, a disciple and have that so I laid it down now I don't think that having having a standard is bad I don't think and but but you know, nowadays, well, I've got a problem with cussing. I'm sorry, you know. Well, it's because it's not, as a Christian, you don't have to quit that anymore for a lot of places. Oh, just give Jesus your life. I didn't even say all this stuff. I'm sorry. I'm trying to preach my message here. Y'all are doing this. It's your fault. And so what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of here tonight saying, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Anyway, so having said that, I was Transformed. Right, nowadays we fight for the right to justify what we want to do because it's not really sin. You know what that is? That's not Bible. uh, We call it Bible. What is it with uh, uh, Bible? No, no, no. It's when you're a guy that argues for the Bible. We call that. See, I told you I'm, I'm. I might be Arby's after this. What? Yeah, I, it, it's that's not Bible apologetics. Are you with me? That's that's I, my flesh wants this, and I'm going to fight for the right to do it. Oh, I shouldn't be saying that here. That's a lot of the problem. People argue with you. Well, I can be a Christian and do this. Why are you arguing for your flesh? What good is that going to do you? Why do you want to go with the cultural lifestyle? I'm sorry. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. All right? This is not works. Let me drop down. Verse 4. There is one body and one spirit. This is your call with one hope that belongs to your what? How many calls? One call, right? Right? You are called to one hope that belongs to your what? Call, Right? Drop down to verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of what? Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave what? He gave gifts to men. So we have a call, and we have gifts. Okay? Now, if we just jump into the Scripture, then, you know, we're going to go down the next place, verse 11, and he gave The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, and the teachers, right? And so we would think, well, that's where the gifts stop, but that's not really where the gifts stop. I want to show you something. Oh, I'm jumping way ahead here. Uh, Let me see. He gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles. Romans 12, 4 through 8. For just as... Each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. function. So in Christ we though though, uh, many form one body and each member belongs to all the others we have what? We have what? Gifts. Are you there with me? I jump pretty fast. I know. We have different gifts according to the grace that was given us, right? If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. So we have gifts, different gifts, we have grace given and we have faith. Now I know this may not be making sense to you, but I'm I'm going somewhere with it. You're gifted. Not just the fivefold ministry, you're gifted. There's a reason why you're gifted. Now, he says, if your gift is prophesying, what is prophesying for? Edification of the body, right? So I submit to you, I'm gonna back up to my scriptures, so go back to Ephesians chapter two. I'm gonna back up, because I needed to throw that in there, all right? Uh, he, so he, he gave these things to do what? He gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and your gift, your grace, and your faith, Your gift, your grace, and your faith for what? For the, or to equip, the King James says, for the perfecting of the saints. For what? So you're called to what? The work of the ministry. So how many ministers do we have in here tonight? Okay, so did it say a ministry? Or did it say the ministry? So I got to point you in a different direction tonight because we thought the ministry was here or the ministry's here or the ministry's here, but you're not thinking right. I'm a gift. This is my gift. The ministry, the work of the ministry, what is that? Think about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 19, 20 in there, right? He says, To wit, God through Christ reconciled the world unto himself and has committed unto us what? The what? Did it say the ministry? Did it say a ministry? The ministry? So, what is the ministry? It's the ministry of reconciliation. What, did you, what was Jesus' last command? And do what? Make disciples. Make disciples. So what are we supposed to be doing? What is the ministry consist of? Getting people reconciled. Come on. Getting people reconciled and then discipling them. So then, what about the gifts? The gifts are for... Let me show you, because you need to see this. Gifts are for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. What are the gifts for? To build up the body of Christ. Right? Until we attain to the unity of faith. If, If the ministry is what happens up here, that he wants the body to be in, in, in engaged in, then if we don't need any musicians, and your gifting is, or your ministry is music, you're gonna be pretty frustrated, because there are not enough churches for you to be music minister. It's not the ministry, it's your gift. Listen, if, if, if the ministry's not happening, you don't need my gift. Come on, somebody. If somebody didn't get a hold of you with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost didn't cause you to be, can, be born into the family of God, there would be no need for Pastor Greg, Lake Church, or any other thing here. It's only because we need to bring you together to promote the unity of the body, to develop the body, to grow the body, to edify the body, to cause the body to function together that we even need this building. But we have so made this the ministry. In the eyes of most people, this is the ministry. It's only where the body comes together to edify itself so that it can do the work of the ministry. Are you with me? I am passionate about this. And the fact is, if the only ministers in the church are the ones that are doing stuff in the the corporate service, then there's a lot of frustrated people. Because I want to know my place, I want to know my purpose. You're called to be a minister of reconciliation, you are called to be going out into the world and to be to be demonstrating the power of God and His ability to change your life, change their life, and to bring them into the body. So what they can be edified and built up and 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 come into unity of faith and everything that it says there that is a result of the gifts you have gifts, yeah. but your gifts are not the work of the ministry. We've got a lot of people exercising their gifts and no ministries being done. There are churches every Sunday that have church and do ministry and nobody gets saved, nobody gets healed, nobody gets delivered, no lives are changed, but they feel like, oh, we had church. Are you with me? I'm passionate about this. We're called to the work of the ministry. That's why Mario. Because most of us are going around like this, supposed to be doing the work of the ministry, doot, 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 and I'll get a little token every now and then. And I'll I'll have a little conflict, but I'll get on his head, but sometimes I won't, and I'll wither up. Come along and see Brother Joe, you know, and and he's what's what's up, Brother Joe? I'm just I'm just going through a battle. Oh, it's just so tough. Oh, I mean the devil's whooped me from pillar to post. <laughs> well, Brother Joe, if you hadn't been going doom 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 and you had been walking worthy of your call, That's right. you'd have been ready for whatever's coming your way. Are you getting something out of this? I'm, I've, I've totally obliterated these, so... That's probably about six pages of notes right there. That's gone. I've jumped. If my gift is my ministry, then I'll always be looking at what I can do inside the church. And if there's no place for the expression of it, I'll be frustrated... And I will not be effective in my Christian walk. The gifts, folks, are for... The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body until we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so that we're no longer children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by the wind of doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes rather speaking the truth in love well i'm telling the truth brother yeah but where's your love because you're not supposed to be tearing that limb off, Leviathan. Right. <laughs> you're supposed to be helping edify the body, the building of itself together in love. You see, if, if we are walking in our gifts, we're building the body. And the eye is saying, Oh, I need you, hand, or I need you, ear. Right. And the foot's saying, I need you, hand and our uncomely parts are saying, thank you for recognizing me. And there's no jealousy and there's no schism. Why? Because I recognize that my gift in the body is to help the body grow, to help the body become one, to help the body be mature, to help the body become complete. I, my gift needs to be exercised in the church, but at the end of the day, I have the ministry. And if I don't what happens when, 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 when a child stops growing? Well, they're an adult. No, I'm kidding. What happens? If a child stops growing before they reach maturity, something's wrong. The body isn't functioning properly. And the body of Christ, in many cases, because they haven't added their gifts and haven't realized that they're not in competition, but they're for the edifying That's the beauty of of this group of people. I'm not jealous of Ramon. I hope I said that right. I'm not jealous of Jason. I rejoice with them. Every time I come in this place, look, I've been pastoring longer than Pastor Greg, much longer. I've been going almost, it'll be 30 years next year. Same church. Took it over. I am the plotter. I just keep going. I just, I know where I'm, I've got a direction and we're going there and I'm that guy that keeps doing this, right? You wonder, does that ever, that guy get tired? He does, but he keeps plodding. I'm that guy. Am I jealous that he is able to, he's done more on his property than I've done on mine? Oh, heck no. If I was jealous, I wouldn't call him pastor. He wouldn't be my pastor. You know the cool thing? Your pastor can be your friend. I'm not jealous a bit of of him. I'm encouraged by him. You know what this guy makes me believe? I can do anything. Because he, he lifts you up. But every one of the ministers and every one of the people in this church, every one of the ministers that have ministered this week that I've come in contact with, I felt that with them. I'm not jealous of these brothers. These brothers are my brothers. These brothers got my back. They're not going to come into my church and then walk out criticizing it and going, well, dear God, if he just knew what I knew, he'd be better off. Not one time as I sat back there on the third row did I go, I must not be very important to Pastor Greg because look, Woody got right on the front row and there was Britt right on the front row. And, and I know your name, but I, it, I, I do that. Yeah, but he was right, and his wife got to sit up there too. I didn't say, boy, Jason just trotted right up there, didn't he? But look, I'm stuck on the third row, and I'm his brother. Third row, Kenny, yeah, he's the plotter. He's just going to keep coming. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care if I sit on the front row. Now don't just sit me on the front row, because I don't need that. I am, I am. What do you call it? What do you call it? I'm secure in my relationship. I know that I'm Pastor Greg's brother and best friend. Sorry, guy. Call me John. I'm the one that lays his head on his breast. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> hey we're doing good right oh my gosh see we're trying to build one another up but that's not even where i'm trying to get you tonight first of all you got to see your ministers and you have gifts but you're the minister's I talked, and I know he's been here before. It's been a long time since I've talked to him, but I, I had a fellow that actually introduced me to Pastors David and Sharon uh, after, and I, I don't talk about this um, a lot, but when I was going through a rough time, I uh, had just lost my wife, didn't lose her, she's with Jesus, but uh, a fellow that was on staff over there at Word of Life named Tom McCaslin, he had preached for my brother. We were transitioning the church. Man, this all happened in the same week. Uh, and so, Tom came from here. I, I don't know why he came to help me. And then Pastor Steve and Letha, they came over, which uh, he's, he's my uncle by marriage. She's my dad's sister, and I introduced them, and now that's my fault. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but that's okay. It worked out. So, at least he tells me most of the time, you know. So, so. She tells me. She tells me. Anyway. I'm trying to keep out of trouble here. Uh, But anyway, I was introduced. Tom came, and then he brought me uh, down here about a month later after my wife had passed away. And I met Pastor David and sat across from the desk room, and that man cried with me and, and prayed with me, and he gave me time that I wasn't expected. And it got me hooked up with Pastor Greg. That relationship set all of this up. Because the, the the body, the gift, was edifying the body, and coming to its aid, and not just one person, but many people, and and uh, I actually lost my place. So, but isn't that good? I could flow right into that, you know. <laughs> but the fact is, it 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 changed my life, and I got hooked up with some some really good people and it, and it, and it brought me here today to my best friend. And so because of their gifting, because of their gifting, I was, I was stabilized and I was healed and I was moved forward, right? When the body works like it should, it makes it grow up and builds itself up in love, that's what it's for telling the truth in love so that so that it will grow up and build itself up in love you see but the fact is that's not what i'm trying to that's not what i'm trying to accomplish it's just that tonight you see because i want you to understand that you're all ministers and i want you to understand that that if if, Pastor Greg and and these other men of God, if you're from other churches tonight, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get you mobilized to get you out. Here's where I was going with that. Thank you, Lord. You helped me get back. So Tom came and, and I met him and, uh, and, uh, he, I asked him at one point, I said, look, my church is not growing. And he's, he, you know, Tom, he's really good at leadership stuff. He's really good. And I said, Tom, I said, I said, uh, what do I need to do? How do I need to decorate? You know, what, what do I need to do to make the church more appealing? And he says, well, Kenny, he says, how many outreaches do you have? Oh, I went, Shew. well, we were, we, were, we, were, we were, you know, thin on outreaches. We didn't, didn't have a lot going on on outreaches. And I said, well, I, to be honest, I said, we, you know, we're doing this, and we're doing this, but that's about it. And he said, no, no, no. He said, how many people do you have? I said, well, we got about 125, 130. He says, you've got 130 outreaches. Do you know what will blow this church up? It's not the ministry. As much as I admire this man and the wisdom God has given him, that's not going to do it. If it was going to do it, it would have been done. What will blow this place up is you doing the work of the ministry because the work of the ministry isn't being done. Well, you don't know how hard people are. Yeah, but I know that God is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. And oh, we we can't wait for the great end time harvest. But if we don't go work in the field, there's going to be no harvest. I just don't understand. We've got great praise and worship. We've got great word. We've got the move of the spirit. What's wrong? Why is our church not growing? Because the work of the ministry is not being done. Because the work of the ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. It is when souls make disciples. And the greatest outreach that this church has is what's sitting in the pews. Right. Greatest outreach that Oak Hill has is what you got sitting in the pews. Stronghold, sitting in the pews whatever your, Brother Ramon's church, whatever sitting in your pews, I, I, I don't know the name yet, so I, but I will. Restoration Church, right? Pastor Steve, I'll just name pastors, you know. All you guys in here, what's gonna make your church grow is sitting in your pews. Amen. And if that's all they ever do, you'll never grow. Why? Because as much ministering as we're doing, we're not doing the work of the ministry. Are you with me folks if the church is to be relevant relevant not relevant if it's if it's to be relevant it's going to take you to make it happen here's where I'm at I love to have Holy Ghost services my people will tell you I love to have them and uh we will have them anytime we can I thank God for it but that's not how this thing started they didn't load up in the temple and go, okay, Jesus, Holy Ghost service coming. Come one, come all. Miracle signs and wonders. It's going to happen here. We just invite all your friends. Problem is, all your friends are probably saved if you've been a Christian for a while. You need to find some new friends. Oh, oh Lord, don't make me say that one. You know the story of the feast? and And... <laughs> and the, the guy calls all the people in, it's kind of like nowadays revival. Hey, we're going to have a rise, and so invite all your friends. Well, well, I got this going on. I got to go to the lake. My kid's got a football game. I got to do this. I got to do that. And so I'm sorry. Uh, I just can't. Uh, what happened? I just can't make it. I just can't make it. All those that are beckoned, you know, they got something to do. They're supposed to be the ones that will come. Uh, Well, you know, the COVID. (laughs) This place should be full of people. It may not be the ones we invited. It may be the ones we go to the highways, hedges, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, people... Uh, Pastor Greg, you ought to get up here and say, you know, hey, I want to, I want to tell you something. Don't invite your friends. Don't invite your family members. Go out to the highways and hedges. Drag some bum in here. Let's get him saved. That's not politically correct. Drag, drag some uh, uh, person in who, who's at a deficit right now. (laughs) He's not a bum. He's just at a deficit. Sorry, I'm, I didn't, I wouldn't even, it must be your anointing. It's not my anointing. So what's my point? I've got 15 minutes to get my point across. This is hard. I, I really need a month to do this. I mean, I, they're, they're laughing, but they know it's true. I, 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 don't, I don't do single service sermons anymore. Because if I try to make one, it lasts multiple parts. Because I just get stuff on the spot. It's just like I get downloaded. So let me let me get to what I want to wrap this up. Because I've shown you what the problem is, but but I'm also showing you what the solution is because guys you have got to see yourself differently. And I'm talking to the ministers in this room, not the gifts. Because what, what's happening right now, what, what's going on in this world right now, they don't need the body to edify itself, and that's it. They need to edify itself to do the work of the ministry. Why? Because there's a lot of people that are lost out there that don't know or have the hope you have. They're looking, at, they're looking to the shots because they don't have the glory. They don't don't have the the, the greater one living in them. They don't have the hope that you have. I tell my people, I I love Holy Ghost services, and I tell them, I, I want us to have Holy Ghost services, but I'd rather you go out and do it. I'd rather you go out and do it. I'd rather you go out and have a Holy Ghost service in your neighborhood. I'd rather you go out and have a Holy Ghost service on your job. What are you saying? Put up my tent and get out there? No, I'm talking about having the sensitivity and the awareness of the Spirit of God to be in the moment, in the moment, in the now, and, and, and recognized by the Spirit of God. Hey, brother, you, the Lord says, you, you know, you got this going on in your life and begin to give a word of knowledge to somebody right there that doesn't know you from Adam and then they're busting down crying and going oh my God how did you know that that's the spirit of God God loves you I don't have to tell the dude where I go to church I don't have to you know what I don't have to say anything he's going to be like how did you know that That's God God loved you so much where do you go to church brother well let me first let me get you hooked up with Jesus and then we'll go to church let me get you hooked up with Jesus Oh no, if I can just get him to church, Pastor will get him saved. That ain't his job. That's right. That's right. Come on. When he's pastoring, his gift is for perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry. When he's on the street, his job is the same as your job. My ministry is, to, is the work of the ministry. I'm to win souls and make disciples, I'm to get people saved. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit to get it done. That's why. That's why. I must walk worthy. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. I believe that we're in the last days, but even if we aren't, you and I only have so many days on this earth. And so, effectively, your life you're living in the last days even if jesus tarries and your days come to an end they're still the last they're the only days you have they're the only days you have and in keeping with that i believe that each and every one of our days are full of divine appointments they're full of opportunities to share the gospel We walk by people every day that if we were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He would make us acutely aware of what they needed. We could, by the Spirit of God, meet that need, and we would see them want to know our Jesus. But we've turned the ministry of reconciliation into, have you heard the Word of God today? Or you're not right in your doctrine your theology is off i'm here to correct you they see that all over facebook we've got these self-appointed uh, oh i don't know what to call them but they ain't, it's not of god because they're ripping apart the body of christ instead of, they're not getting nobody saved but they sure are an author of what you're doing wrong oh my gosh help me jesus they're full of opportunities to share the gospel, which will be confirmed by what? Signs following. signs following. Here's the thing if this is supposed to be the life we're living, when I compare my life to that, are those divine appointments happening? Do I have signs and wonders in my life? Or is it just in the body? ouch. Come on, somebody. Because as long as we keep it in here, we'll never impact the world. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a team practicing for, for the Super Bowl but never playing. We can punt. We can die. We can prophesy. But where it's needed most, we never take it. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to stir you up. I'm trying to get you to see that's what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying you need to know that you're a minister and this is supposed to be your life. Hey, this is your life. There are divine appointments and opportunities to share the gospel and the Spirit of God will confirm it with signs following if you will understand that that's what you're called to. If our lives are full of compromise, if we have a bunch of distractions and noise in our lives, if we're entangled with the affairs of life, then we will be unable to hear the Holy Spirit as we should, and we will miss those divine appointments. Are you with me? Not only that, but if we only have biblical knowledge... But there is no demonstration of the Holy Spirit to go and confirm what we're saying. We just become another voice in this world and another group that wants to suck people in and they think for their money. They don't understand we don't need their money. God's got all the money we need, but He can bless them through what they do. They don't understand that. But we just become another religion and we become irrelevant. That's the problem. The early church was filled with signs, wonders, and miracles. Down through the ages, when signs, wonders, and miracles were in action, following the preaching of the gospel, the church has been set apart and has been its most effective. Are you still with me? Now, once again, we have to position ourselves, spiritually speaking, as the ministers of the gospel, to be sensitive to the Spirit of God, to flow with him so that we can make an impact in our community. The early church, man, it didn't say they they it said they went from house to house. I I, I we we have small groups, we have we have cell groups. We go from house to house, we do that. I mean we go two houses. But I don't think I think it's one sided if we think that if we limit that scripture just to just to one group of gathering. So they went from house to house. Could it be that they were going there with a word from God to a house that maybe didn't know Jesus? They knocked on the door, and they were invited in to break bread after they told or read their mail or after a miracle was done through the name of Jesus because the Lord led them to that house, and they shared the gospel, and people got one. I mean, we limit the word so much. We have to position ourselves. We have to position ourselves. The things that used to be regarded as unacceptable practices for believers are now being justified for by those who desire to practice them. We are to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. The old timers, and I'm old enough to know a few old timers, used to say this they used to say salvation is free but to live in the fullness of the anointing costs you everything we cannot live like the average Joe and play in the elite game think about this we cheer on every four years don't we a group of people either winter or summer we cheer these people on and for four years you don't hear of them Well, you do in the fourth year, but for three years, you don't hear of them. And what are those people doing? Things that you can't see, but they're not living your life. They're not eating what you eat. They're not partying like you party. They're not going where you go. No, no. They have a very different regiment. They have a very different lifestyle. Why? Because they want the gold. They want the gold, so they sacrifice. I'm not talking about, see, we don't earn anything. Understand this. We don't earn anything. I get that. We don't earn anything, but I sure can position myself to be in the right place at the right time by my sacrifice and by my lifestyle choices. I'm not here to be the policeman to tell you what you need to change in your life. What I am here to say is if you're not seeing the miracle signs and wonders flow out of you that you dream or hope that you can see, or if you're not, if you're not ministering and seeing people come to the Lord like you want to, maybe there needs to be some lifestyle changes made. One of my heroes in the faith is Smith Wigglesworth. This dude raised, I, I've read all of his books, not his books, books written about him because he wouldn't write books and I'm not saying that's right or wrong but Wigglesworth wouldn't write a book they tried to get him to he wouldn't so they wrote books about him right in these books there are documented 23 some people say there were 26 but in the books I've read 23 documented people that he raised from the dead I don't know about you that's about 23 more than I have And yet, Jesus said that we were supposed to raise the dead. And Jesus said we were supposed to cleanse the leper, heal the sick. Well, that's a whole other message, Lord. I can't go there. You see, in the church, what Pastor Chad was trying to teach you is to tap into what already belongs to you. But in the world, they need you to heal them. Because they don't have it in them. But if you don't see yourself as the minister, if you don't understand that you are the ones who do the work of the ministry, not this place, it's not going to happen. If we're waiting for it to happen here, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry, but it's supposed to happen through you. You ought to be so fruitful out there that we have to build bigger buildings just to help people get together because you're bringing so many in. But guess what? If you birth them, <laughs> you need to raise them. I'm going to get this person saved. They can go to pastor. No, it's your job. You, you had that baby. It'd be like you having a natural baby and saying, Here, pastor, raise this baby. I didn't give birth to it. It's your job. Come on, it's your job. Jesus' commission was to Who? everybody that was around and he said you need to go into all the world and make how do you make a disciple we got to win them first so you need to birth them babies and then you need to take care of them That's right. guess what how many know that you know more than an unsaved person you know more about the gospel and about Jesus than an unsaved person. As a matter of fact, I know for a fact in the churches of the pastors that are here tonight, you know well more than many churches in the country. And, and, the, and the newest baby in this place has been taught well enough that they could raise a baby up, past what many pastors that have been passionate for years could do. Oh, did I say that? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. It's vital. I know i got one minute. It's vital for us to get the junk out of our life. 1 John 3, 21 through 22. Notice this. What's going on in my head will, will affect my ability to release faith. Let me show you something. Beloved, if our heart. Now, this word heart here is not talking about your spirit man. Because your spirit man will never condemn you. I mean, we need to rightly divide the word. So he says, but if our heart does not condemn us, what does it say? We have confidence before God. We have confidence before God. If our heart doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God, right? And whatever we ask from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases, or whatever, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what he pleases. Your lifestyle will directly affect your ability to have confidence or faith toward God when it comes to your approach when you approach Him or how you approach Him or your ability to trust Him for the anointing to do the work of the ministry if my heart condemns me because I'm living a lifestyle that I'm fighting for my flesh to do the things I want to do I'm justifying it well all things are lawful but not profitable. And some things will cause your heart to condemn you. Your mind will get in turmoil over what you're doing because you know what's right. We're told concerning Adam and Eve, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord... God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Nobody had to tell him to hide. Who told him to hide? Why did Adam hide? Because his heart condemned him. He knew How in the world are you going to walk in the fullness of the anointing if your heart is condemning you? Oh, I'm not worthy. Well, if you'd live the right lifestyle, you would be. Now, we know that positionally because Jesus became sin so we could be righteous, we're worthy. But our heart won't know that because this thing constantly has to be renewed. And if I'm living a life That's compromising this. After all, this is where the battle's at. This is what the battle's for. What shall the profit of man, if if he gains the whole world and loses his? Your mind, your will and emotions, the seat of your authority, the decision maker in your life. Will I serve God and follow the spirit man or will I follow the flesh? That happens right here. This is where the war is. And if this condemns you, you will not do the things of God. It wasn't the devil condemning Adam and Eve in the garden. Oh, you're naked now. Look, oh, you've done it. He didn't, he didn't have to. It wasn't other people around him because there was nobody. It wasn't even God. It was their own hearts. If we don't recognize this, if we don't get rid of the compromise and the sin in our life, it will render us unable to flow with the Holy Ghost and ineffective in our ministry. We need to level up. There's got to come, the church has to come to a place of consecration, dedication, and holiness. And holiness, not for, the, for earning anything, but for positioning myself. I promise you this, if I want to know what this man knows, it's not me coming around and starting to work at the church to find out. If I just come and start working at the church, maybe he'll pass on a few nuggets. No, no. I got to position myself. I'm going to be around him. I'm going to listen to him. I may not have to ask him a bunch of questions, but I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see what he's doing. If I want to have the anointing of God, if I want to flow with the Spirit, if I want to be sensitive, I need to get in a place where all the junk is out of my life. What did Paul tell Timothy? Oh, pastor. What did Paul tell Timothy? He said in, in, in uh, chapter 2 of... Uh, 1 Timothy, isn't it? Where he says, No man that, that wars entangles himself in the affairs of life. That he may please the one, that he is we're so entangled. Yeah. Do I do I close my church? Do I open my church? COVID was this. That's all here. If I just get alone, I can get it here. I can get exactly what to do. Do I witness to this person? Do I witness to that person? Well, i got to get alone. i got to get in a position so that I can hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. I've got to be like that elite athlete that changes my diet for what I want to accomplish. I've got to be that elite athlete that works out my body for what I need to do. i got to be that elite athlete that says no to certain activities that, that sh- nothing wrong with them, but it will not promote what I want to accomplish in my life. amen I'm going to close I promise we have to be like Jesus Luke 11 and verse 14 I want you to show you the contrast Luke 11 Jesus full of the spirit returned from Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness so how many know you went in what happened here 40 days 40 days now he wasn't just going to see he wasn't just going to face face the test. You need to understand that. Jesus had a purpose of going to the wilderness. People think, well, Jesus is going to the wilderness because he's going to be tested. No, he he was tested, but he went there to get along with God. I, I that's what I believe. Now I know the text doesn't exactly say that. That's what I believe, because why? Do you think that, I'm gonna ask you, do you think casting out devils causes you to, to develop power in the spirit? If I just cast out, so he fought with the devil and all of a sudden that made him more powerful. You think that's what happened? I think he got alone with God. He powered up in the, in the wilderness and when Satan came, he faced the test and the Bible said that he came back in the power, not just, not just full. Some of us are full of it, but have no power. I didn't say that, did I? It's your anointing. This is, I'm blaming that. I understand that this is how Jesus started his ministry, but we find again and again and again Jesus going alone to pray, going aside to pray. Why? Jesus didn't live his life like everybody else. I understand that he's under the old covenant. I understand he was living for our salvation, but again, you look at the lives of the apostles in the early church. They didn't live like a lot of us do. Now, I'm not condemning you, but I'm saying whatever you want to do, you got to position yourself for it. If you want to flow in signs, wonders, and miracles, If it ain't happened yet, then something's got to change. Are you with me? I have to make sacrifices for what I want. My will, of course, my wants, my desires, I have to make those sacrifices. But when I do, I can be like Smith Wigglesworth. You thought I forgot about him, I didn't. Wigglesworth is one of my heroes. He raised 23 people from the dead. Raised a lot more than I. But he had a different lifestyle. If you've ever heard Lester Summerall's testimony, Lester Summerall said this. He said, I went to visit Mr. Wigglesworth one day. I was in England. I was about 23 years old. He said, I came with my knickers up, just like as they were knickers. But he said, I came with my bowler hat. And he said, I had my umbrella. And he said, and I had my newspaper because they always carried a newspaper around in England. That's what you did. And I had my newspaper in my arm. I knocked on the door. Mr. Wigglesworth opened the door. And he said, before I could say anything, he said, what's that? He said he pointed to the paper. He said, Well, it's a newspaper, Mr. Wigglesworth. He said, That can't come in my house, that's full of lies. I do not allow that in my house. Said, okay, I'll get rid of it. Stuffed it in the bushes. In this encounter with Wigglesworth, he's there to get from the great man of God. And so Wigglesworth set him down. He said, Let's read. He opened the Bible and read the Bible for an hour. Closed the Bible. Set it down and said, Let's pray prayed for an hour then he opened his bible again said let's read he read for an hour closed his bible said let's pray did it a third time some are grumbling and complaining he says i gotta i'm retiring now i'll see you again later send him out of the house all he did i could do that at home all he did was just read his bible i could do that at home he said but then i realized i got something he said i got something i got something something was changed Wigglesworth wouldn't allow a newspaper in his home. That's pretty radical for some of us. You think he'd al- allow a TV? Oh, my goodness. But what about my Netflix? <laughs> Hello, I've got Paramount Plus. I've got Netflix. I've got Discovery Channel. I got ESPN Plus. Watch some fights. How much time do I kill? Guys, that's my Achilles heel right there. Downtime. Because when you minister, you get tired. Downtime, what I want to do, go back to the room. I didn't do it this week, Pastor. Go back to the room, flip on the TV, right? I got to watch my street outlaws, 405. There are some things that got to go if I want to position myself. I'm not earning anything. I'm putting myself where I can hear. I'm shutting the garbage out of my life. Lay aside the weights and the sins that this easily beset you. Why is this so important? Because the world needs the church like never before. I'm quitting. There's no way I can do this. I've got more pages. The world needs us. The gifts, your giftings, the gifts, the amazingness of this body, the amazingness of the bodies of your churches is not going to do it. It's going to be the ministers in your church. And they've got to see that they're ministers and that the ministry is not, this is a result of the ministry. Because when we win them and bring them in, they need what what the body can bring, the edifying. They need to learn to use their gifts. They need to learn to build one another up. This should be a safe place, but if people are competing for positions rather than, rather than being the parts of the body they're called to be, this can't work right. And why would that happen? Because instead of doing the ministry, they're trying to be ministers. Are you with me? Now, I wish I could lay hands on every one of your heads tonight and make the transition for you. But this is one of those things, and I'm going to ask you to do something tonight. You could do it at home. You could do it in your chair. But I'm going to ask you to do something tonight, and this don't won't even have anything to do with me. You're not going to hurt my feelings if you don't respond. This is just what I know I'm supposed to do. The Lord said that I'm not. I'm not going to prophesy and lay hands. I could, because you know I'm related to my brother. I can. I can do that. I'm not him, but I can do that. But this message is to ministers who want to do the work of the ministry. And all I'm asking you to do tonight is take a step of faith, or not, not even a faith, a step of, of how, what do you call it, where I'm saying, I want to do this. You, you're witnessing with your feet you're, you're, you're saying God I, I could do that you could, you could do it in your heart you could do it in your home yeah. but, to, but to and is it just an act it is but it can be an act of faith that changes your life oh, yeah. right. God I want to be that minister so bad that I'm going to get out of my seat I'm going to come down and I'm going to make that commitment right here and I'm not, I'm not going to pray for you I'm not going to tell you how to pray no. because this is not between me and you What I'm preaching is between you and him because he's called you. He's anointed you. He's commissioned you. He's put everything in you that you need, just like for healing, to do the work of the ministry that you need to do. He's gifted you for the body, and it's time the body rises up and become who God called us to be, and we get out of the church and get out into the streets, begin to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, let signs wonders and miracles follow uh, the the preaching of the word and and be who God's called us to be. So what's the point, Pastor Kenny? The point is... I wanna show God, I don't care who watches me, I wanna show him, I'm just gonna get out of my seat, I'm gonna come down here, and I'm gonna make my commitment. You say you're peace with God, you, you do what you need to do, and then you go and start being it. You go and start being it. With That being said, who's gonna come? You won't hurt my feelings. I'm done. Who's going to step up into the ministry? I don't need to do that. Well, no, you don't, you don't need to, but I want to. I want to. I'm here. Amen? I'm done, Pastor Greg, and whenever. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus.
0: the lord praise the lord glory to god we answer the call lord we answer the call lord we answer the call hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus Glory to God. God is good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We answer the call. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, the altars are open and they'll continue to be open. There's more there's more to what you're called to there's more to what God is trying to do in your life and you're never able to go there the way you are there seems to be sometimes a smugness that comes upon people who feel that they are aware of they believe they are. And you'll only go so far. I've known a lot of hit-the-wall believers. And they just kinda stay in the room. They don't try to find the door. They don't try to find a way out to break through and to break out. They just sit down and they get comfortable You see, Jesus said this in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. He said, Don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, is really what the Greek says, rooms. And he's not saying, I'm going to prepare and build you a house in heaven. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that you now have access to areas that were not previously open to you, so that where I am, oh, get a hold of that, you may be also. Jesus said a very curious thing in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. He said this. He said, No man has seen heaven except for he that hath descended from heaven, who is in heaven? Jesus had a connection with the realm of heaven in the dirt of earth. He was in the rooms of God and He beckons us to come in to these rooms, to these places in God. But many people are content with just where they're at and what they're doing and what we have received tonight is an admonition a beckoning I beseech you Paul would use it's the most compelling term to draw the person in I beseech you by the mercies of God he says walk worthy of the calling wherewith you have been called amen amen That means we need to continue to go into the new realms and rooms of God that are being displayed in our life. And how are they brought forth? They're brought forth by words. You see, he didn't have a message, he had a word. What was the word? The word created the eyesight to see the new room that God wants to bring you in. I know you think you've got it all figured out. I sense that in the room right now. I sense there's people in the room mocking this. You should know me well enough that I don't tolerate the devil or demons in this place. And I don't tolerate witchcraft. I'm here to tell you, friends, God means business. We're going to have an Ananias and Sapphira type situations that are going to happen in the church. You better wake up. Hello. You're not going to answer to that person next to you. You're going to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ for what you've done with your life and whether you have taken seriously the admonition that has been brought forth in this house. This is integral. This is important. This is vital. That we stop getting focused on. And, and the main thing that I heard from my, my brother in the Lord today is that we're so focused on gifting that we forget ministry. We're trying to develop our influence rather than being about the work of the ministry. It's not your ministry. It's His My ministry Who you fooling You don't have nothing That hadn't been given to you By the Lord Amen But I'm here to tell you friends The consecration is real Decisions like this Are not meant to be brought in Lightly And taken lightly They're not meant to be You know Oh well I just need to go up Because everybody else was going up no, this is a decision. This is a decision that, guess what? Angels are here recording this. They're saying, Woody got up, Woody said this. He's recording, you see, what Noah said in his heart. He's, they're recording what Roman said. Recording this and putting it into the annals of heaven as a witness It's important. And this message is important to us. Amen? It's important to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. got whole generations of people don't know how to wait on God they get a service past 25 minutes they're they're all antsy and want to get out but you know we saw that Sunday night we had to marinate didn't we we had to marinate you have to sit and marinate and if you were here today you began to get a good revelation on the now that God lives and abides in and people are undisciplined in their mind and they're thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow when God's moving in the now, right now. He wants to saturate you in His presence and give you... You know, the major directions in my life never came through a word of prophecy from someone else. Never. They came by sitting in His presence marinating in his presence allowing his essence and his being to just kind of just saturate my life to where I just I didn't get information I didn't get data download I just, I just knew something was going on and that something was changing there's been many times I went home to my wife and I said something has happened something good has happened but I can't tell you what it is You want to know why? Because you, just as Jesus, He said, no man has ascended to heaven, but the Son of Man who came down from heaven, who is in heaven. Jesus walked in the presence. He he moved in ministry from the presence of the Lord. He wasn't trying to get the presence. He wasn't trying to get to heaven. He was already there positionally. He was already there spiritually, and he worked from that place. In my Father's house are many rooms, so that where I am, you may be also. What room is he asking you to get into? What Do you need to break through to get into? Because he's got more than what you're presently experiencing. I know you've settled and you think you've got it made and you think you know everything there is to know, but I'm here to tell you it's just a drop in the bucket. God has more for you. He is insurmountable. He is incomprehensible. He is the everlasting almighty God. And he invites you. And he does it through words. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's time to take it serious. Amen. It's time to take it serious. Hallelujah. Playing around with Leviathan. Playing around with the devil. Playing around. I can tell you. You may be playing around with him but the devil don't play he's very serious about what you're doing amen and you know we've got to be passionate about what our father is passionate about and he's not nearly as passionate about you trying to break a million dollars this year as he is about your neighbor that's lost next door that you've never. So it's time to take what God has doing done so richly in you and begin to use it and be commissioned to go forth and to do the work of the ministry. Amen? It's good stuff. I said, good stuff, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited about the impartation that is happening in this house. We look forward to being with you tomorrow at 10 a.m. These have been powerful day services. And then we're having a wonderful, uh, we're going to just blow the roof. We've got the best for last. Amen. And it's going to be good. The fireworks are going to, going to flow. Amen. And so we look forward to seeing you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What are we having? Is it? We're having hamburgers tomorrow. <laughs> Cheeseburgers tomorrow. Amen. That is wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.